In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. One of the things that I have noticed about human behavior is that whenever we begin some projects, we start with the end already in sight. If it is a diet, like what I started on Friday right after Thanksgiving, it is with a goal in mind of how many pounds to lose. If you happen to be taking a trip, you might consult a map to see where it is that you are going and then plan your route. I've known a few people who have built their own homes, but none that I know of have done it without a set of blueprints or plans, which they designed and drew beforehand. Sometimes, when we know what the end is, or if we have the end in sight, it makes our goal more attainable, or it might make the journey easier, or the building of our dreams occur more smoothly. Companies set year-end goals. Athletic teams have preseason training with an eye always turned to the championship games. Knowing what the end is, where we are heading is helpful, and sometimes it is necessary and often keeps us on track. Today is Advent Sunday, and it is also the beginning of our liturgical year. Advent means coming or approaching, as in the train coming or the plane making its final approach before landing. And it is the notion of coming that Advent invokes in us the need for preparation. One of the ways that the church has done this from ancient times is to set aside this Sunday, the first Sunday of the church year, to look forward, to look at the end, to remember what is coming. We look forward today to the return the second coming of Messiah Jesus. One of the temptations, though, that we tend to fall victim to is to put all of our focus on the end times and to look for some sort of escapism and not escapism in the right sense of escape. The other temptation is directly opposite. We consider it fantasy or a fanciful idea that science or the natural order of the cosmos would tend to scoff at. And somewhere between these two extremes, we must plant a flag and rally around, rally around it to understand what Jesus is saying, not only to his followers and the people of his day, but also to us who are 2,000 years removed. The first thing that we must come to term with is the signs, or as some people say, the signs of the times. And in that, we need to remember what signs are. Signs are reminders of something. It might be a logo, if you will, but it reminds you of a more full reality. Many of you driving here today probably came into contact with a red octagonal sign with big white letters that said, Stop. That sign told you everything you needed to know. 
But part of that is because you already, because of what you already knew, you know what the meaning of stop is. You understand why it is important to follow that instruction. And you also know, either through past experience or secondhand knowledge, that if you don't follow the signs imperative to stop, the chances of you getting hit by an automobile is greatly increased. So, it is with all these signs, the signs of the astronomical bodies, the signs of distress among nations, the sign of nature itself being in tumult. But with any sign, there is a threefold process to uncover its meaning. Just like the stop sign, there is recognizing the sign. Did you see it? The knowledge of what it means, I had better not cross here until I've looked both ways, and the interpretation or action taken. Now that I am certain nothing is going to hit me, I can proceed. Looking for signs of not only the end times, or as we say in the church, the eschaton, but also the everyday working of God in the world and in our lives is exactly the same way. When you begin to look, when you begin to recognize things for what they truly are, you begin to see God's working in the world. Yes, sometimes it is great cataclysmic events. Other times, it is the simple peace and a trying and difficult circumstance. But we must always be learning to not only read the signs, but also to recognize them for what they are. It is one thing to see a stop sign. It's another thing to see and know what it is. That is part of what Jesus is telling his disciples here. The fig tree is a common metaphor for Israel. And with Jesus using this formula of see the fig tree and know that summer is near, he is calling to mind passages from the prophets of the Hebrew scriptures. The fig tree in blossom or out of blossom, was a symbol and sign of Israel's fate. But in this passage, Jesus makes an addition to the fig tree. He says to look at all the trees. If we are to understand that one tree in particular is the nation of Israel, then we must come to understand that Jesus is telling us to watch the rest of the nations of the world as well. Just as Israel is the fig tree, so are the nations of the world all the other trees that Jesus is speaking of. But if signs are the first things we must come to grips with, then the second thing, and perhaps the most important for us, is what our role is in the midst of everything that is to come to pass. Jesus gives several exhortations as to what we are to be doing. Be on guard. Don't be drunk. 
Don't live a life of sexual immorality. That's basically what dissipation means in, in this context. Don't be distracted by the cares and worries of this world, but be alert. Be aware of the trap that might close in around you and be in prayer. Now notice what Jesus doesn't say here. Jesus doesn't give commands about ministering to others like feeding the sick or aiding or, or feeding the hungry or aiding the sick. Nor does Jesus talk about some sort of evangelistic mission to preach the gospels to the ends of the earth. Instead, Jesus is telling us how to be ready. Telling us how to prepare ourselves for the coming last days. All these other things, the deeds we do, the gospel we share, the healing we give, the hungry that we feed, and go on, of course. It is part of our duty and service. But preparing ourselves, taking the time to do what is necessary to complete the task, is also required. That is why Jesus and the church put an emphasis on certain private and corporate actions, chief among them being prayer, but also studying scriptures, coming to our liturgies. Remember, liturgy means the work of the people, being in fellowship with members of this parish, When we do these things, it is very much like training for an endurance event. We can all imagine someone who is out of shape, attempting to run a marathon. Yes, they can start, and they'll make it a certain distance. But will they make it to the end? But if someone takes the time to train, to practice, to get coached, to run alongside others with the same goal and purpose, then maybe they can complete the arduous and difficult task. But remember what I said at the beginning of this sermon. We must sometimes look at the end to see what we need to do right now. If I want to run that marathon this coming year, I need to get to work now. Jesus is telling us what is to come. And sometimes it isn't just huge, literal, earth-shaking phenomena as much as it is the private earthquakes and destructions in our own lives. It might not be the crashing of the global economy as much as the letting go from a job. It might not be a famine that cripples the world, but a drought of friends and loved ones in your life. It might not be a nation's warring against each other as much as it is your family who fight with you. And maybe even you yourself fighting your own self. And Jesus says to be alert and pray. Be on guard and pray that you have strength. 
To what end, you might ask? Well, to the end that when trials come, when life is ready to drown us, that we can stand up with our heads raised because we know that Messiah Jesus has already won the victory and that our salvation and redemption is already come. But the only way to be assured of that, the only way to grow into that knowledge and faith is to put it into practice and to practice it with diligence. Today is the beginning of our new liturgical year. And in about a month, we will start a new civil year and make uh, resolutions to better ourselves in some ways. Do that today with your spiritual life. Take into account what you are and what you are not doing. Do you pray? Really, do you pray? Do you spend five minutes, ten minutes, any time at all in prayer? If not, set aside a few minutes, set an alarm, and if nothing else, recite the Lord's Prayer. And remember to ask God's grace upon a few people whom you know are hurting. Do you read your Bibles? If not, then start today with something simple and easy. A few verses here or a chapter there. Each week we have the daily office readings And they're printed for you in the service leaflet. You can start by picking one of the readings a day and slowly and thoughtfully working and reading through it. Yes, you might not understand everything you read, but that is why we have our Bible studies and Christian formation. And that's also why I am here. Write down your questions and come and see me. Or even... Send me an e-letter. Do you let things distract you from coming here and joining in the liturgy on Sundays? Is it work? Perhaps you can ask to have at least Sunday mornings off so you can fulfill your Christian duty. Is it family? Perhaps invite them to come. Or explain to them why this is so important. There's a clever meme that is going around Facebook right now, and it is absolutely true. It says, in effect, and and this is not a direct quote, but that church on Sundays, coming to this liturgy on Sundays, is the reason to miss everything else. Beware of making something that seems good like your job or your family or that day of fishing on the water. Beware of making it into an idol that draws you away from God instead of into closer relationship 
with God. This is how we prepare for the troubling days that are to come. This is part of the reason why it is so vitally important as Christians to begin to come back to church, back to the scriptures, back to a life of prayer. This is part of preparing for the end, but not just the end of the world, but even the end of our very lives. When we have a clear sight and vision of what the end truly is, then we will know the course and path that we are to take. Beginning at the end helps us see where we are going, where we are headed to. And when we know what the end is, we can prepare ourselves to endure until it comes. From the English Missal of 1912, which includes one of the more ancient collects for today, Stir up thy might, we beseech thee, O Lord, and come. That we, who are ever threatened by the peril of our sins, may be counted worthy to be rescued by thy protection and saved by thy deliverance. Who livest and reignest with God the Father, in the unity of the same Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen.